Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, friends. Have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships. My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach And within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined for a special episode of the Q&A featuring posture, with my lovely, amazing, vibrant co-host, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. So excited about this podcast special. I'm thumped. I know. Our favorite topic. Our favorite topic. Um, yeah, so I asked for questions. I got quite a few. So some of them are like kind of almost duplicates. So we'll get to as many as we can. But the first one is from an anonymous. And this one has kind of made me want to cry a little bit. She goes, I know I have really shitty shitty posture um and it makes me feel sad but i don't even know where to start is it possible to improve my posture or am i a hopeless case oh that does make me sad because because i think a lot of people feel this way in some way or another i agree i think people you know and you know who knows what they've been told they can really identify with Oh, I've got bad posture because I have X, Y, or Z. You know, scoliosis isn't. You know, if you look at these diagnoses, kyphosis, um, and and it really becomes like, almost like a death sentence. And um, to, I'll start off since I'm already talking. I mean, I think absolutely not. You know, you you can you can start working on your posture right now. I think the first first things first. She's recognized it. You know, she's she recognizes. Hey. My posture isn't what I want it to be. 
And the fact that she said it makes her sad is an interesting because it can be two things. I think it can make you sad because you don't like the way you look, or it really can make you sad because you're rounded. And that is a very listless posture when you have a poor, when we consider poor posture would be your traditional kind of forward head, rounded shoulder, rounded back. You know, that type of posture doesn't really inspire confidence, doesn't make you feel strong and powerful. The hardest thing about changing posture, and this is for me, I've got pretty darn good posture, but I still, it is a normal, habitual thing to slouch, I think, to find yourself going there. And even me, having been having been always thought about posture, especially since I became a PT, I still am reminding myself, you know, what I need to do to stand taller. Um, so it is a habit change and it is, uh, it is intentional and it needs to be regular, you know? So yes, you can go to a physical therapist. They can give you some upper back strengthening stuff. They can give you some core work, which all helps, but it really boils down to you looking at what are you doing throughout the day that might be leading to your suboptimal posture and what can you do to change it, you know? So um, when you find yourself there, don't beat yourself up about it. Just come come out of it. Find your triple S and then work towards that becoming more of your norm, uh, becoming more of your natural posture. And knowing that, you know, posture doesn't mean walking around like you have a rod <laughs> down the spine and never flexing. It just means finding that stack when you're when you're able to, but then being able to flex and move, you know, as needed. But when you're in that resting position, trying to really get that optimal posture and not not sinking, you know, into a a a, a less like she said a sad or depressed position. Laura, what else do you have to add to that? Well, I totally agree with everything you said. That um, it. It, it might be your mindset too, and it might be something you were told. So we've we've experienced this so many times. Well, my my mom looked like that too. Oh, I'm starting to look like my you know they, they you think it's kind of your destiny, like your genetic makeup, and and that is off also what you witness, what you've what's been modeled. So that there's lots of things we see and we take in, not consciously but subconsciously, that we might model in our the way we twirl our hair like our one of our sibling did or our parent did or or whatever. And your posture could be similar. So if you saw that your parents were kind of rounded a lot and that just you might have assumed that as well. If you're tall, people that are taller will sometimes just because if they grew really fast and they feel a little bit awkward, they'll it's just an automatic thing kind of to to round and shrink a little bit to be less, you know, like sticking out. Um, and there's plenty that like love sticking out with their height, but a lot of people will talk about, oh, like when I went through my growth spurt, that's where my posture really was not Large great. Large breasts too, same idea. Yes, breasts, exactly. So you could have, you know, breast tissue that's pulling you down and, and you don't want to like lift up because you feel like you're, you know, somebody might have told you don't stick out your breast or you felt like anxious about that. There's all kinds of psychological and um, your history and, and everything. So the thing is, yes, like you said, being feeling sad about it might be because we're, you're compressed and that actually is kind of dulling your energy and making you feel like less hopeful. And so, yeah, be hopeful 
work on posture and also know that if it feels challenging, move in a variety of ways. Because if you move in a variety of ways, you're going to better balance out some of those imbalances that might be making your posture less optimal and, and, and fighting just straight against that won't necessarily always work as well. So like in lit, that's one of many reasons we move all around the mat in a variety of planes, moving variety of joints, holding on to center so that we can get the feedback, what our center is, how to better hold it, how to challenge it, how to pull tissues in a variety of ways so that we're, we're not always in this compressed um, place. So if you're somebody that sits a lot, but then goes and takes a run or goes and gets on the bike, those are wonderful things, but they're just keeping you in the same position. So really try, in addition to being paying attention to the triple S and using the feedback, is also try and move in a variety of ways. Move and rotate your spine, rotate your rib cage, um, because a lot of it, this is such a big area of posture. I mean, your thoracic spine is 12 vertebra and the ribs, that's the biggest segment of our spine. And if it's collapsed, all those tissues are going to be um, compressed in front, overstretched in back, and not as strong. And like Krista was saying, you're going to have to strengthen the back more. I mean, I had a doctor on here um, a while, just a little bit ago, Dr. Um, Lutz, and he is an expert in back pain. And he said the number one thing people need to do more is work on their, like, work on their back body because it's so much weaker. But think about that's going to help you with your bigger breast, with gravitational forces, with rounding forward at a computer, all of those things. So... We're pulling for you. We have a posture challenge on the Lit Daily. I cannot tell you enough how amazing it is. Krista and I designed it. It's 20 days. It's 20 minutes. You can do it. So go take that. All right. Um, RT, how to distribute weight uniformly on both feet? Worn out footwears tell that weight is falling on the big toe side interesting, right? Because that's a posture thing. That's a walking thing. Those are um, different things. So um, first of all, just even noticing that is really fascinating. And I think everybody should do that is look at like your well-worn sneakers or flats or whatever, like you're at work in and see, is it, are the scuff marks kind of uniform? Or are they on one side? Or are they collapsed or whatever? So if yours is falling more on the big toe side, um, it's, there's several things. So I can't say it's one thing. It could be a combination, but there's some kind of um, lack of control of the, the, the pronation. So when we land, we want, a, we want pronation, which is, for, for those who don't know, just to describe, it's kind of like rolling in. Like it's just a kind of dropping inward, and that helps the spring mechanism of then getting the weight shift back up through, or the weight um, energy back up through the leg. So when people try and take out pronation, that actually is, um, you know, we need a degree of pronation. But the problem is if the pronation is excessive because of something else not stabilizing well, that could be at the ankle. Maybe your ankle is is relatively weak um, and not very stable, and it kind of collapses inward, and that collapses toward the big toe. It could be your knee collapsing in. It could be your hip, and often it is collapsing or um, rolling so that the knee collapses in and that just goes down. So the toe is reflecting it and the wear is reflecting it, but then you definitely need to look up the chain. Like, what is your pelvis doing? How is your hip moving? How is your hip stabilizing? So practicing one-legged um, balance. 
poses and pressing into the big toe, but evenly through the pinky side, the fifth metatarsal and the heel as well, so it's not all dropping inward, would be really valuable because one-legged balance is what you need when you're walking, when you're weight um, shifting, and that's where this can really show up is in the weight transference onto one leg, that collapse leg. Uh, work your glutes, you know, all all of those things. So those are some really quick tidbits, but KB, you have something more to add? No, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's that, it's that overpronation. We'll see it with people who have like a flatter foot. Like if you, and you know, we don't see too many like true flat feet, but you do... When you see them, it is, it's a dramatic where there literally is no arch. And like so, a Fred Flintstone foot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you see this also with people that look like a genuine valgum where they're, they're knock knees for, for lack of a, you know, better term. And, um, you know, so there's that, like you said, that collapse inward. So, you know, there is some benefit to, you know, working the, the core of the foot too. So, you know, another little quick, t- you know, tidbit you can do is just, Work on almost creating an arch, you know, think of as if, you know, my hand was my foot and I'm going to bring, if you're you're watching on YouTube, I'm kind of creating this arch, like I'm pulling my toes towards my heel. Um, You know, if you're doing that in stand, just working on some of that intrinsic foot strength. And I love Laura mentioned the ankle, the knee and the hip, you know, so big, really looking at, you know, how much is, is your pelvis moving when you walk? Are, are you a big swayer you know so i mean is if 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 you're swaying side to side that's going to ricochet down the chain you know can you create some better pelvic control um that that wear of your the sole of your foot is information it's information of what's happening in your body and while that not might that might not be linked to say pain or uh any problem but it is indicative of of an increased amount of, of force that just like, and not a great weight distribution that over time could create issues. We'll see that, especially at the knee. Something when we see that type of aware, we see it at the knee and we see it at a muscle called your posterior tibialis. That tendon just gets constantly yanked on and people have to have it. I've got a patient at the clinic right now who had a, I mean, a, she had her posterior tibialis reconstructed along with a whole other host like it was basically a foot redo um that is foot surgeries are not fun so if you can rt you've seen this and you're like hmm something's off start nipping that in the bud start working on it walking barefoot you know and and really start to strengthen your feet make sure that you're not falling into those collapsing patterns um and working on your hip strength you know just to you know really that that stabilization up from above and then you know see what happens down below um and then also just making sure that you're not wearing your shoes too long you know once that starts to wear away it's only going to get worse so when you start to see a lot of wear in your shoes get new shoes people because uh you're not helping yourself out with an uneven you know surface that you're walking around on all the time yeah and bringing it back to posture it's also could be, I'm not saying, you know, one plus one equals two, but it could be very much an example of um, decreased postural control. So the reason we want to really understand good posture, optimal posture, is that it sets us up for better optimal postural control, which is when we're moving, when we're swinging our limbs, when we're swinging our ribs and our arms, 
that we don't have these kind of big lateral shifts because we have a better understanding of those um, postural stabilizers. And this is one of the many reasons why posture is important because it's your starting point, but it's also your dynamic um, indicator of how well you're holding your center of mass and how well you're holding it against the different you know, forces at play, including momentum. You know, as you just swing the arm and swing the leg, you want to have that responsiveness of the postural control that doesn't have you big, you know, big swaying of the pelvis or of the shoulder. You know, you can see it all. And that's translated down the foot and then back up. So it is just, again, reinforcing that posture is not, when we talk about it, we're not just talking about like standing and that's it. It's about posture is your carriage of your musculoskeletal body, but also your energy through different um, movement patterns. And that will start from a static position. Hi, friends. I'm reminding you we have an upcoming Lit Europe tour, and we would love for you to join us. Whether you live in Europe or not, get on to these workshops. Maybe travel with us and go from one place to another. I mean, we're going to Paris. We're going to Frankfurt, Germany. Then we're heading to Salzburg, Austria. We're going to have the best time, and we would love to see you. There's nothing like an in-person workshop experience to fine-tune your movement, get some real educational nuggets for better movement on and off the mat. And by the way, we have the best time together. We would love to give you a hug and help you move your best and feel your best. So join us in Europe this summer. Check out the show notes for all the details. Okay, Jenny from the Bullock. All right. She says, will the tension in triple S lessen the more I put my body in that position? Will my muscles loosen and adjust to triple S eventually, essentially, will it become more my normal stance? Because right now I'm feeling tension in triple S um, where, directly where I hold my stress. So that's, I think what Jenny's asking is like, and this is really common, by the way, you know, people will say, when I get in our triple S, which is where we, again, find that alignment of the primary curves, the skull, the scapula, and the um, sacrum as this spectrum, and to feel, again, here's our starting place. But if you aren't living there habitually to get there and stay there, it it will feel like some a lot of times something else is pulling. It could be the back of the neck. All of a sudden, I'm getting my neck back, but it's really pulling on the back of the neck because those muscles have been held in a really compressed way. It could be the back of your body, you know, between your mid-back, your middle to lower ribs and your pelvis. If you've really been thrusting your ribs out and you pull your rib cage back, that is a, that's a pull along that line. It could be a pull across the anterior pelvis that's used to being shortened and compressed and then you get it up and all of a sudden there's like, so it could be all of those things and it often is. And so then people, and this isn't Jenny, but sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, this is probably not where I should be because it doesn't feel good. And the answer is no, you don't want to be in a position that doesn't feel good, but use it as information. Like where is, and it sounds like that's what you're doing, Jenny, where you feel tension and stress in the body. Like, so if it's in your upper back or low back or neck, that's, that's an area you want to pay more attention to and free it up. And you'll do that not necessarily through static posture. You're going to do it through dynamic movement. 
and then you come back. And that's that's a beautiful thing that we do is we really return to things. So like if you're doing a low lunge and you're feeling like this feels really awkward and stressful to try and find alignment, you do the best you can with feedback. And then we return to it later, 30 minutes later, that's when you say, oh, did it? Ch- does it feel different now? I bet it feels at least a little better, if not a lot better. And that's what people will see. And that's really to show you that when you work with your body, with your nervous system, refining your movement patterns, um, you will help your triple S. So yes, it will feel more like a normal stance. And I'm, I know KB's like a lot to say too. Yeah. No, I think this is a big, um, this is a big part of posture is when we see people who are let's say, anteriorly tilted in their pelvis. Sometimes they really feel like they have to posteriorly tilt just to get to neutral because there's so much soft tissue restriction. So they're working hard to get to neutral. Over time, that will, and I love that you pointed out, it's going to happen with your movement more so than just standing around statically holding that. You know, with your lit method practice, where we are continually loosening up the connective tissue of the back body, we're strengthening the posterior chain to, you know, to really help that. We're strengthening the the, the core, the, the the deep abdominals to help tilt the pelvis. You know, we start to open that fascial line up to where what we need to watch, and this is what we do see happen, sometimes people, they almost start to equate, it needs to feel stressful or I'm not there, and people will almost go too far. Overcorrect, yes. Overcorrect. So, you know, really... And that is where it's just it's paying attention. It's I, I if if there's one thing I'll say about you know Zoom and virtual practice, is it's a great opportunity to just take a you know to watch yourself as as I'm watching if I'm taking Laura's class I'm watching the, her I'm also watching myself and I can see things when I'm teaching I'm I, I'm watching the class but I can see myself. You get a lot of feedback from, you know what you might not feel I may not even know that I'm overdoing like oh goodness, because. I've loosened up, especially even not only over time, but even beginning of practice to end of practice. So there's this beautiful spectrum that we start to learn. And that's what it's all about. Learning to find neutral along a spectrum. That is, and that's the beauty of this method is you start off and you build slowly and then you're tweaking. But the difference in how you feel at the end versus the beginning is dramatic. And so therefore your shifts may actually need to become less dramatic toward the end. You have to work less hard because you're more loosened up. So um, find joy in that exploration and know that, yes, it will absolutely feel less straining over time. And also be compassionate. I think people come out of our lit training and they're like, I'm going to walk around in a triple S all the time. Yes. And that's not what you want. Like you, we would rather see you moving than staying in that all the time. But um, also know that there is a postural endurance that needs to be gained. If you guys ever watch these videos, I mean, it, I, I, I will sometimes try not to move because I'm such a mover. But I think, okay, Kristen, you need to work on your posture endurance a little bit more by not moving so much all the time. So know that you're also gaining that, you're gaining endurance as you as you work to hold those that upright posture for prolonged periods um, into some fatigue. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And this actually goes right into this question. It's kind of a long question. So I'm, and in two other people, similar questions, but this is from Suze. And she's asking about if I'm in a car for a long period of time and I get out, 
if I improve my posture over time, will I be able to regain my posture? Basically, what she's saying is if you're compacted for a period of time, if you actually are working on posture the other part of the time, do you kind of get get back up and start out of that contracted state a little bit faster? And it was three paragraphs, but that's that was my uh, my summary. And the answer is yes. And this is why. It's like I use myself for example. If I sat in a car for six hours, I would be uncomfortable. I have great posture. I would still be uncomfortable because I'm not moving. Like So posture just is, isn't just about like being there and everything's going to be fine because our body needs the blood flow. It needs the mobility. It needs the juices and all that. So, But dare I say when I stand up at like the rest stop to go and go to the bathroom, I get up. I feel like a little bit like, whoa, that's like a stiff, you know, like a 10 man for a moment. And then I start walking and I'm pretty good, right? So my it's the return to normal, return to neutral is quicker when it's more programmed. And that's the other thing that kind of lends itself is like, Kristen and I probably think about it a little bit, but we don't think about posture that much <laughs> because it's so wired. It's so wired. So that's, that's part of like the message is that, you know, when we talk so much about posture, we talk about it so that you become um, empowered and informed to the point that you then don't actually have to think about it because it's because you've layered down and you really understand it and you feel it and it's worked for you and it's helped your breathing and your endurance and your energy. And like after getting out of the car for six hours, you feel different and you feel different quicker. You recover, you know, to the, you have more resilience. And that is the beautiful thing is once you've worked on it, you don't, it's not like we continually have to be like, okay, am I in triple S? Am I in triple? No, not even thinking about it. My body knows it, but we know this because we've been doing it. We've been trained in this. We've been, you know, lucky to be moving for so long and and be in this field of inquiry about biomechanics and the body. So it will take some time if that hasn't been your background, but know at a certain point, the goal is not to have to always be like checking in with the triple S. <laughs> and, and also know that like, if, if you know, and I know Laura does this too, if I know if I'm taking a long car ride, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to bring some tools along with me to just keep me more comfortable, you know, so uh, whether that's grabbing a sweatshirt, putting it behind my back for a little bit. If my back just starts to feel fatigued, I want to give it a little support. So give yourself a little lumbar curve. If you if you're a type of person that maybe I don't you know, I'm kind of bony. My butt, my husband calls my 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 butt like a trident. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I will put a pillow under my butt if it just starts to get um just that feeling, especially being in an airplane, just like, oh my Lord, you know, just sitting on those just hard surfaces, put a little pillow, a little padding under there. My husband carries, keeps a lacrosse ball in, in the console where, you know, if he's got some hip issues, he'll just sh shove that in there to, you know, kind of help the process along. But I agree with you, Laura. I mean, I am to the point more than I've ever felt in my life of, you know, I can track and we take long road trips. If you guys know my family, like we usually live like 12 hours from home. We're actually five hours, four and a half hours from my parents' house. It feels like, like, oh my God, that's a nothing. People are like, that's a long trip. I'm like, meh, that's nothing. Yeah. So we're used to driving long, long distances. And, you know, um, I feel better now than I, than I used to, because I do think I have that quick return. That's just that, um, yeah. I get up, I do like a little, and then I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, I could go. I could go for a run 
right out of the car. So <laughs> yes, the answer is yes, Suze. Yes, it will happen. All right, this final one is really cute. And um, actually two people asked this in different ways. And it is, can you tell us how you and Kristen, how your posture has changed with lit? And then parentheses, this might be hard for Laura, but no, no, it's not hard for me. Like how have, how, how has our posture changed since we've been practicing this way? I would say for me, um, I am just, I'm more aware of the pelvis and the ribs than I used to be. I always have thought of my neck. I've got a long neck. I've always, I've always thought of my shoulders because I am tall. I'm 5'11". I am, and people have always commented, you stand so tall despite being so tall because a lot of tall women especially will hunch over. And I've, so I've always thought of shoulders and neck. I've never, and you know, neck and head, I've never really thought about ribs and pelvis. And it's no wonder that, you know, um, if I would say that any place that has been painful in my life, it's been my low back. <laughs> Why is that, Laura? Oh, because my ribs were shifted forward and my pelvis was anteriorly tilted. Um, that's what I think about. And I still see that in myself. And this is what I want to say to you guys. You know, I still will see sometimes in a video, I'll be like, oh, there's that anterior tilt creeping back in again. And I don't beat myself up about it. In fact... I'm like, there's my humanity. You know, I'm not a robot. I'm not a posture uh, perfect. We're, no one's looking for perfection. But I love that I'm now more aware because I am helping other people become more aware of little changes that they can make with that, you know, just the stack of that core cylinder that I didn't used to think about, despite having years of practice as an orthopedic physical therapist, knowing a whole lot about posture, uh, lit has made me much more aware of the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. you know? So that would be what I would say. What about you? Yeah, I would say for me, um, absolutely. The it's It's helped me if I look at videos from like five years ago to now, I'll see things. And yeah, like I do it with a soft gaze, meaning be nice to yourself. I'm like, whoa, I definitely, the I, my endurance, my postural endurance with a variety of movements has definitely improved. Like I could see, you know, an hour in, sometimes I'd be getting that, like really, my pelvis would start to be releasing. And I'm not saying like, I don't stare at my videos now and, and like take them apart. But just if in, in asking this question, I would say definitely my my awareness of posture and the postural endurance and control has improved a lot, even over the past five years, because it's just we repeat, we add novelty, we do endurance, we add complexity, we repeat, and it just layers and layers and layers and layers. So it's, yeah, that's it. I love that question, though, because we're all, yeah, we're all human and we're all growing and and yet we have to think about it from like a kind of stop and think intellectually. We can feel it more now. And that's ultimately what we're wanting for everybody is to understand neutral so you can move in and out of it and find it, right? So it's not like this foreign place and it gives sets you up for more potential, you know, better recovery like we're talking about from, from whatever it is, whether it's injury or like sitting in a car optimizing performance, breathing better, having clearer mind and just being able to 
um, yeah, have this kind of optimism that we can do this for many decades to come. Amen. Amen. So thanks for this special posture. Um, this is really fun. We could talk about posture all the time, but I hope we addressed any questions you have. If you have any questions more about posture or anything else, I we did get some other questions that were not about posture, so I'll wait for another day. But please write us. You can write me or KB on Instagram. I'm Laura.hyman and KB is KBWilliams99. You can also find us uh, via email at support at lityoga.com. And just so you know, May is Posture Awareness Month. So, you know, just take this entire month. Maybe this podcast will kick off your your thought process there. But, you know, we hope so, because that's what we want. We want you to be aware of your posture. That, that is where it starts. Yeah. And if you aren't a Lit subscriber, you should go and take our, you know, do the two-week free trial we now have a wonderful option once you've done the two-week free trial and you sign up, you get a 30-minute movement consultation and that person can help you decide like what classes you want to take, what any particular issues you might have, but definitely try the posture challenge. It's a, you have to type in posture challenge and it's a series, 20 classes, 20 minutes made by the two of us for you. All right. And as always... We're pulling for you. We're pulling for you.